so that's why like things like you know sexual abuse and like sex and like teenage pregnancy that's why that stuff is always like uh, swept under the rug because people won't even talk about it mm-hmm. they won't even talk about it so like growing up I had my granddad and you know I knew the man loved me and he was my father figure mm-hmm. but for things like when I became a dad like what's he gonna say to me dog? Frostbite! What's up, Dewey? Wagwan! How you doing, my mommy? Ah, chilling, bro. Yeah, yeah. The most celebrated DJ in the land of Botswana. Most celebrated? Yeah. I doubt it. I don't get celebrated, bro. At all. Like. You, you've been trending, bro, for the past two years, bro. Trending? Trending. Nah. Frostbite, the DJ. If I've been trending, why is this the first podcast I'm on? Nah, you're supposed to pass here before any other podcast. That's that's true, but I'm just saying that yeah, yeah. the first call I got was from you, so yeah. So am I really celebrated, bro? No, open the doors. Yeah, no, I guess so. Yeah, guess yeah, so. yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> up, bro? Ah, easy, brother. How you doing? Mm, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, busy man. That's the other reason why we we were failing to get hold of you. Nah, I can always make time for my friends. Fully booked. You guys, you guys. That's that's the common misconception. You think that I'm always busy. I don't have time for you guys. Mm-hmm. But all you have to do is call, and I'll come. So every, like even like bookings, people think I'm always fully booked, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. And and it's 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 costing me money actually because yeah. everybody thinks nah this guy doesn't have time. Uh-huh. That's not the truth, man. That's not the truth. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I see you hit one of five uh, five bookings in a day. Sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, there's weekends I go with no bookings, and people think because I am who I am, it, obviously I'm booked. But no. But you finally landed in the teaching space, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, 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 I'm deeply entrenched now. Mm-hmm. I'm inside. Um, it's, it's been a really dope journey, and you know, I I've been playing for for a lot longer than I've been trending. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. it was, it was, it was dope to finally, I think, get the recognition that um, you, I deserve, I suppose, because mm-hmm. I've been at this almost sixteen years now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so why, why did it take long for you to, to like eventually pop up? I don't really know, man. Uh-huh. I don't really know. And even um, the the first chance yeah. where people start, started really seeing that I, 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 I can play. I, I started out as a house DJ, right? Yeah. But then when I switched to hip-hop, that's when I think the recognition came. Yeah. Um, so the first person to give me a chance, I think around 2019, was my boy T-Man. Shout out T-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nation's finest. Yeah, he was at Bahama at the time, and he was like, "Hey, man, um, come play a hip hop set for me." Yeah. And uh, I came through, and people were like, "Ah, mm. can't they first can play hip hop?" Yeah. And that, that's really where the comeback started. Yeah. And these days, Bashabaka R and B old school and Yeah, no, no, no. That's then from hip hop, I then landed into into the R and B space, and it's been it's been amazing since. So what is it that you hear? Can I that thing like especially the ladies? Nah, I don't I don't I don't think that's it. I think it's just I mean the same reason women love O'Neill. Mm. I mean yeah, he's you know, conventionally attractive, but he's also like a really dope, you know, um DJ in terms of like the, the old school stuff. Mm. The old school stuff will, will make you a favorite with with, 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 with women. It's it's the nostalgia. Yeah. You can't you can't like put a price on that. You can't mm-hmm. it's, it's it's really dope. Like you you transport you can literally see people getting transported to another place when you play the music that they used to listen to, you know? Yeah. So I don't really think it's about women loving me. I think it's just the, a music thing, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So what have you learned? Like um there's there's a valid solid lesson actually if I can say that I see like you've been training be a DJ for the past 16 years and you only popped up two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what, man? I think, mm. you know, I was, I think, you know, when it's, when it's your time, it's your time. Yeah. Because when it's not your time. Yeah. You can try anything and everything under the sun mm-hmm. to blow up or to get some sort of semblance of success. If it's not your time, it's not your time. If it's not your time, it's not your yeah. time. Yeah. And, and, and similarly, if it's your time, it's your time. Yeah. Um, because it's it, you know I just happen to be at the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. um, and somebody's like, "Oh, dude, you can play R and B like this," and you know even falling into R and B, 
it's because it's what I listen to. That's that's what I listen to. Yeah. Um, I grew up listening to it. My mom was a very um, huge influence in in my music taste growing mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. um, my aunt, uh, they used to listen to a lot of like Curran White and Luther Vandross, The Whispers, Al Jarreau. So those are my musical influences. So even when I grew up, I I went through my boy my boy band phase. You know, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. ETC. I've always been a lover. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a lover boy. I'm a soft nigga. Mm -hmm. So that kind of music is what appealed to me from a young age. Yeah. So I started playing it. It became so easy to play it because it's what I listen to. Yeah. It's what I live. Like even when I used to write girls' love letters when I was a lighty, it was lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know, I've, I've always I've always had a way with words. I've always been a guy that believes in that the kind of love that R&B people sing about so it was a natural uh you know progression into playing the genre what is the profession being the why Botswana do me why Botswana are you able to pay the bills and stuff like that hardly serious <laughs> barely barely and, and, and it makes me sad for the state of our, our industry because if if we were to be technical about it and say but you're one of the biggest DJs in the country that that may be true mm. and i'm still struggling mm -hmm. so now think about you know the lighties that are coming from you know behind us what are, what are they going to do for money what are they going to do for survival if i as one of the biggest djs in the country i'm still struggling to pay my bills mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's a, it, i've had you know december is always a good month for me i i'm always able to make a little bit more in december mm -hmm. because of the of how frequent the events are in that month, right? Mm -hmm. But when Arlemoja and Mariana, hey, Mona, it's uh, mm -hmm. a little bit of a struggle. You only get a couple of bookings here and there. Hosoko. Hosoko, right? Hosoko, yeah. Serious? Yeah. So, uh, this, yeah, no, and, you and you only get it like because you are, you are frostbite. Mm -hmm. You understand? Like, you, other DJs aren't as lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's where I'm going to highlight the importance of standing out mm -hmm. as a DJ, right? Um, when you see me on a lineup, mm -hmm. you you realize that I'm maybe only one of three hip-hop DJs, yeah. or one of two, or maybe even the only hip-hop DJ on that lineup. Yeah. And you know I'm, I've been put there just to play the R&B. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because there's not a lot of people that play R&B. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're there, but do they play it as well as I do? I, I, I don't think so. If you ask me, I'm the best R&B DJ in this country. And I'm not being cocky or fucking big-headed when I say that. It's just a fucking fact. Mm -hmm. And if you want to challenge that, you're welcome. We can do this. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to highlight the importance of, you know, standing up. Because I get booked because I stand up. Because of what I play, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm still yet to master the branding side of things, you know, where I shoot my content and I do multiple photo shoots and I do this and I do that. I'm still yet to master that side of things. Right now, the only thing that works for me is the fact that I'm a good DJ. That's, that, that's really it. That's the end or be all of it. It's all it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? There's nothing special about me outside of that. You know, yeah. I, 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 I can play R&B, that's it. Okay. Yeah. But there's this notion of uh, like DJs, like they are players, like you guys got to like the women love you and you guys take advantage of it. Like you guys have multiple girlfriends and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, just like every other stereotype, there's, <laughs> there's an element of truth to it. Mm. You know, um, I know, I know both extremes. I know. DJ homies of mine, who some of them are even married now, with kids, happily married with kids. Uh, some of them do the yeah the player thing. I myself, on the other hand, uh, me like I just said to you, dog, I'm a lover. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was I was in a relationship for four years. Yeah, yeah, it just it just ended, and um, you know, there is there was no there was none of that. Mm, there was no drama. There, there was a lot of drama, <laughs> but it wasn't because I cheated. Mm -hmm. Because I had another woman in my life. No. 
groupies. Um, huh? Get groupies. You know, I, I, I think I'm the only DJ without groupies, eh? Mm. I, oh, unless I don't know mm. about them, but yeah. like, like I don't have groupies, bro. Yeah. And um, you know, I have people that appreciate my music. I have um, uh, people that will come to every show just because I'm on the lineup. Mm -hmm. uh, special shout out to Tapiwa and uh, Lamar Ashton. That's my dude. Yeah. That dude comes to almost every show I'm at. Shout out yeah. to you, bro. Yeah. Yeah, but that's 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 about it. What about a lady called uh, Balesa? Apparently she cries when, when DJs play R&B. Balesa is, she means, uh, she's got a very special place in my heart. Mm -hmm. Because if we're going to be honest, she's the one that started booking me the most. Yeah. Um, she heard me play at North Honor Club. Mm -hmm. And at the time she was doing an event called the Gaps Shindig. Mm -hmm. um, so we'd move around a lot. Most of them were in North Honor, but we'd move around a lot. And every single gap she indicted, uh, I didn't have to ask Palisa. I was inside all the time. Yeah. And she would, she was really supportive, and she's part of the reason why I, I ended up getting more of an audience mm -hmm. because she booked me every show. Mm -hmm. So that would that exposed me to a lot more people who who are fans of R and B, mm -hmm. and it led to more bookings. So I really, really, really appreciate Palisa. Shout out Palisa Muzima, thank you so much. All the opportunities that you shout out to Palisa. Shout out to Palisa, yeah. Yeah. So when are you dropping your first single as a DJ? Because apparently, if you're a DJ, for you to be more relevant, you have to start dropping your own music. I don't think that's particularly true for the Botswana market. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, a lot of people want to use formulas that are used the world over for the Botswana setting, and that's where we get a lot of it wrong. Yeah. Because the market here doesn't respond to to things the way the rest of the world does, mm -hmm. right? That's why you still have V as your biggest superstar, mm -hmm. right? But look at what Banty and Vizo are doing. Mm -hmm. Look at what William Last is doing, mm -hmm. right? Music players. Look at what Ezra Neethings is doing. Mm -hmm. Hansi, right? Those guys should be huge, should be bigger, much, much, much bigger than they are right now. Mm -hmm. But they don't cater to the bulk of the BW market. They cater for the urban side of things. Mm -hmm. And the urban side of things don't buy. They don't attend shows, they don't purchase music. Mm -hmm. Everything's on the net, so they get it off the net. Mm -hmm. Right? That's why you have, Franco will go on tour of community halls all over the country, come back with a hundred bands. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Because he knows his market. He's not trying to do too much. He fills up a hall, charges 20 bucks at the gate, and that's that. Right? So, you think releasing music, how many DJs have released music? And let's, let's talk about, let's talk about it. FME DJs dropped Trouble. Yeah. Uh, they dropped Shades of Piano, I think. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's why they're as famous as they are? Nah. It's not. It's not because of the music, is it? Mm -hmm. They have other avenues that they use to, mm -hmm. you know, to boost their popularity. Mm -hmm. You know, they have the car show, they have the steers campaign, they have the flying fish campaign, mm -hmm. right? And they are handsome motherfuckers and they know how to dress, right? Mm -hmm. But how, 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 how much can we say the music helped push that brand between me and you? Yeah, there isn't much, much impact. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on trouble. I'm on one of the, the songs on trouble, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, me and Horata were on a song called Raskanta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm on trouble. Mm -hmm. But um, it as a project didn't, didn't do much for them. Let's talk about Mr. Yami. Mm -hmm. Mr. Yami is a very good friend of mine. Um, he's a dope hip-hop DJ. Mm -hmm. He dropped a couple of singles. Mm -hmm. uh, off the top of my head, he dropped uh, L.O.V.E. with um, Balaclava Blanco. Yeah. And I forget I forget who else was on that song. Uh, Mentira. Mentira was on it, yeah? And you know most one. Yeah, yeah. So, he dropped like three singles. I'm on one of his singles as well. Mm -hmm. uh, with Abigail Issa. Yeah. Right? What did those songs do for Mr. Amy? Did they get him more bookings? No. 
-hmm. We can sit here and we can name other DJs that have gone down that path. Let an anonymous one. I'm your boyfriend's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Drop that beautiful song. Did it boost them? No. DJ Sway. I wanna wanna. I wanna wanna. Did it boost them? Mm. Sway now even plays piano. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So I don't think that's a thing that works in the market that we're in. Okay. If we're gonna talk about music and, and it helping boost you in Botswana, there's the list for Grammy nominated albums came up. Mm -hmm. There were two Botswana on it with producer credits. Mm -hmm. Those guys produced Grammy nominated stuff. Do you even know what they're called? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You understand me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said that um, for, for, for one to connect with masses, they have to, what, what kind of music should they be? Should they be going the front road, like making like uh, vernacular style of music and stuff? I mean, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Mm -hmm. And guys that are doing that are the ones that are, are caking as musicians. I mean, look at the Serezi and the natives. Mm -hmm. Like I towards the world. Yeah. Towards the world. Uh, Banjo Maseli. Soka Muruakum. Those are guys that do Venek jazz, Venek this, Venek that. Mm -hmm. Those are the people who are, have been able to successfully export their talents music-wise. Culture Spears, Chama Girl. Mm -hmm. If we sit down and talk about impact mm -hmm. that musicians have, mm -hmm. is there a single hip-hop act in there? No. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what's your take on Botswana hip-hop? Like, how can we really excel? Because back then it was Kahalibos, but like the, the Channel O Awards and stuff. Yeah, um, look man, the the kids are out there, they're making the music, it's good, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, off the top of my head, man, there's this like the current, there's KX Legit, there's um, anything with Yusuf, mm -hmm. Dinkley on the track, there's like a lot of youngsters that are making amazing music, bro. Mm -hmm. So we can't say the quality of the music is in question. It's not. But Swana just don't respond to that. It it it, it, it's, it's, it baffles me. I still haven't figured it out. I don't know what is going on. And another thing with guys that I must say, the, the I might get a lot of you know back you know backlash for this. But guys aren't sending us that music, man. Mm -hmm. We ask guys, guys. Romela music, let's try and introduce it to the masses. Mm -hmm. We play at festivals, but we play at the biggest shows in the country. Once in a while, we can throw in a song in there, and people will be like, what is this? And it's, it's a local song, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I play uh, some Day to Seiko, Jordan Muzi, Impossibida, and myself, because those are the guys that do the music that I play. Mm -hmm. I play some of that music in my set, and you can see that people are responding. Yeah. And if a, a lot more musicians could do that, and those guys don't need me to play that music for them to be big. Mm -hmm. You understand? They're already big. Mm -hmm. But they're the ones who heed your call when you say, send me the music. Mm -hmm. The guys who need the exposure, who need to be known, you put the email, the guys, send me your music. They don't do that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's it. Speaking of music, when I have you stopped singing? Because people don't know that you're a dope RB artist. Uh, for the reasons I just said, man. For the reasons I just said. Yeah. Also, um, I think the last time I had really proper chemistry with a producer was my boy Just Beat. Yeah. Um, but we haven't spoken in a long time now. Uh, but but he he really understood um, where I was trying to go with the music, right? Mm -hmm. And so if so, when I said to him, "Hey, let's make music," he he knew how to approach it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm working with my boy fell on the beat two-time producer of the year. You know what I'm saying? Yama mm -hmm. Award, Bomu Award winner. Shout out to you, fella. Love you, bro. That's who I'm working with now. I'm about to drop music with that dude. So you'll be DJing soon at the same time? We'll see, man. It's, mm -hmm. it's something that I wanted to do for a while, mm -hmm. uh, especially performance-wise. Yeah. So you'll be seeing it soon. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have somebody filming the whole thing just so we see how, how it works. Speaking of filming again, 
People don't know that you're a photographer by profession. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. 2K. Mr. 20K. 20K, actually. Get it right, get it yeah, right. Mr. 20K. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, no. What, what, what are the pictures, bro? Like, about like the photo shoot? Nah, I can't, I can't, like, there's, there's too many more, much more skilled guys than me now, like that. And, but that's not why I stopped. It's just, it wasn't, the passion for it wasn't there anymore. Let me not mm. lie. Let me not even lie to you. Yeah, mm. I just, I just stopped. Yeah. Um, being as passionate about it as I, as I was when I started. Because when I started, I would be everywhere with my camera. I would never leave yeah, yeah. my house without my camera. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, as a result, I captured some really dope moments in, in, in my life. And in, and in BW pop culture as well, when you when I look at some of my albums from when I used to shoot, a lot of things started like right in front of my eyes, man. Yeah. Uh, a lot of movements. I shot a lot of uh, events. You know, um, when 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 Born and Raised started, mm. the first Born and Raised, yeah. I shot the first Born and Raised. Look at how big that show is now, dude. Mm -hmm. And you know, homecoming, clap your hands. I shot all those events. Those were, those went on to become a proper movements. Yeah. And you know, I was a part of shaping all of that. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's enough. I played my part. You played your part. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to get a bit, a bit, a bit controversial. Uh huh. As a photographer, get into, you got into a lot of trouble back then. Yeah, I did, I did. You got into a lot of trouble. Yeah. You started training for the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People saying that you, you're not delivering work and they've already paid you and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the, also like my technique of shooting, like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got into a lot of trouble. Yeah. And truth be told, uh, at the time I was broke. Yeah, I was a broke kid, man. Uh, yeah. I was, and I was not uh, emotionally mature enough mm -hmm. to run a business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, it really didn't matter to me whether or not somebody, uh, um, you know, was happy with my work. Mm -hmm. As long as I got them paid, I'd, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even, even, not even just with clients, you know, even with other photographers. Mm -hmm. Uh, things like you know borrowing equipment and not bringing it back mm -hmm. or borrowing it and it's not in the state that it was in mm -hmm. um, when I took it like even even, even me and Tev me and Tev had like a there was like a, almost a full year where we weren't talking mm -hmm. because of some stuff like that you know mm -hmm. um, but yeah it, it, it just boils down to like being a stupid kid mm -hmm. um, some, some of the clients and some of the people that I've wronged I've since tried to go back and apologize um, I've tried to mend those uh, you know broken relationships some of them are like yeah I know we get you others are like yeah go fuck yourself did you but, manage to pay some? but it's cool yeah some of them mm -hmm. but um, you know the the one where I really trended yeah. was uh, a friend of mine's wedding her name is Ricky yeah I went to school with her at Monash uh, that's, that's the one I really really trended for and you know, that one was like a, a really big sort of miscommunication. Mm -hmm. Not to say I didn't mess up, because I did. But that one, like I said, had I been emotionally mature enough to just go to her and say, okay, listen, I messed up, let's fix this way. She would never have seen the need to go write to provide cry, man, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. We would have sorted amicably. Had I just answered her calls when she, when she called, and had we just sat down and said, okay, listen, what I need to pay you back? Here's a payment plan. Mm -hmm. None of that would have happened. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know all of that now because now I've been in business for longer and, um, you know, I'm, I'm more, I guess, mature mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you make peace with Ricky? I haven't yet, mm -hmm. but it's one of my, my resolutions this year. Can as well start with the camera and like, just talk to Ricky, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, nah, nah. It needs to be. It needs to be heartfelt. She needs to know that I mean it. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. And then it's gonna seem like I'm doing it for the views. For the views. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. And that's when our podcast will have a lot of uh, likes and views. Yeah. And so I just wanna <laughs> go to her and first apologize before. Before I apologize as Mr. 20K, mm -hmm. I need to apologize as her friend first because mm -hmm. the reason why I even got that job was because, you know, because of the friendship. You know, yeah.
So, like, at which point did you say, dude, this, this, this shit has to stop? Uh, you know, it was, you know, the reputation was bad, man. Mm. I wasn't able to, to do a lot of things, even when it was clear that I was the best person for a job. Mm. Because of the bad reputation, I would miss out on a lot of opportunities. Mm -hmm. I was losing a lot of really valuable friendships um, and even just like living with yourself becomes a little bit harder when you you know when you realize that you know people are a little bit uncomfortable when you're around you know mm -hmm. so you have to go sit down with yourself and be like hey mm -hmm. this isn't this isn't the, the reputation this is the name I want out there for myself mm -hmm. um, it was embarrassing, like even for my mom. My mom used to tell me, yo, dude, can I, the ladies, at, the, the little girls that I work with at the office, are saying you did one and two and three, mm. you know? And so I was even starting to make my mama look bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, I just went, went, went back uh, and sat down by myself and I was like, okay, one, two, three. Also, like I was a dad mm. and I was, I was thinking about what 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 kind of you know example that I'm gonna set for my kid? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So which lesson did you learn? Then? Honesty is the best policy. That's the first. That's the first lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, the second lesson is, you know, we we all make mistakes. We but when you're genuine in your apology and you're genuine in, you know, your your desire to make amends mm -hmm. for that mistake or for for you know that that fuck up mm -hmm. then people will always be willing to to give you a second chance mm -hmm. and you got your second shot yeah um and you know i've tried to keep my name clean since since then you know mm -hmm. um i try to be more honest in my dealings mm -hmm. um and another thing that i never used to be able to do was was say no to work mm -hmm. You know, um, and sometimes I get overwhelmed because I took too many bookings. Mm -hmm. And even right now, you know, um, my my my, my ex-girlfriend used to really, really call me out and, and say, look at how tired you are. Mm -hmm. It's because you took six gigs in one day. Why did you do that? Mm -hmm. And some of them I'd have to drive out of town for and, you know, whatever. And... I, I, I have that thing, man, where I can't say no to work. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm working on that because, it, you know, ultimately, if I'm playing five gigs at the sixth gig, I, I, it's just autopilot now. I'm no longer delivering to the best of my abilities. And, you know, we always want to be at our best, mm -hmm. as, you know, as creatives. So, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's all noted. Yeah. Let's talk about fatherhood. I know you have a special relationship with your son. Yeah, um, mm. look man, mm. I think that's one of the, the most difficult journeys of my life mm -hmm. so far. Mm -hmm. Speaking um, of it like being a difficult journey, mm. you have a special relationship with your son and you won't see that you grew up without a father. I, and you I became did. a father to your young brother when you still a kid. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, my little brother isn't really my little brother, he's my, he's my little cousin. Mm -hmm. um, and his name is Tammy. Mm. So to me, he's, he's a soft person, like I am. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I've, I've, I was bullied a lot for my softness. I was taken advantage of for my, for my softness. And so I started to think about it as a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I started to think about it as, no, you need to be stronger. Otherwise, you're gonna keep getting bullied and whatever and whatever. So when uh, we were growing up and I realized he was a lot like me, mm -hmm. Uh, I felt an obligation to keep him soft mm -hmm. while at the same time teaching him how to protect himself mm -hmm. and how to not be, you know, um, stampled on and, you know, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a very special, it still remains one of the most special relationships in my life because, you know, um, now he's 26 mm -hmm. and He's already had his first job and whatever. And you can see 
I can still see, you know, hints of myself mm -hmm. in him. And, 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 and even yesterday he called to say, um, you know, I value a lot of the lessons you taught me because, you know, as I grew up, I see, oh, this is what he meant. Oh, that's what he meant type of thing, right? Like literally yesterday, which is so funny um, that we're talking about that. But yeah, yesterday he called to say, yeah, ish, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have known one, two, three, mm -hmm. right? So, and, and I, I did that also because I grew up without a father. Mm -hmm. And my father figure in my life was my granddad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm named after my granddad. And he's from a generation before, like two generations before this. Mm -hmm. So as much as I wanted a, a, a better relationship with him, it, 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 we, there was no middle point, middle ground for us. We, we couldn't relate beyond being father and son. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm making sense. No, get you. Like I couldn't sit down and have a chat with my granddad. Mm -hmm. Because at some point you feel like, nah, I can't be talking about uh, things like this with my kid. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because of that conservativeness that a lot of the lessons in Setswana culture, excuse me, unproperly learned. Because mm -hmm. it's like, like sex, for example. Mm -hmm. I remember they get so uncomfortable when like people kiss on screen or these like, it gets so uncomfortable. Or if you talk about having a girlfriend or whatever, she gets super uncomfortable, mm -hmm. right? She doesn't even call it by its name. Mm -hmm. And so that's why like things like, you know, sexual abuse and like sex and like teenage pregnancy, that's why that stuff is always like uh, swept under the rug because people won't even talk about it. Mm -hmm. They won't even talk about it. So like growing up, I had my granddad and you know, I knew the man loved me and he was my father figure. Mm -hmm. But for things like when I became a dad, like what's he gonna say to me, dog? Mm -hmm. For things like, oh, I have my first girlfriend, what's he gonna say to me, mm -hmm. right? So I really felt like I needed somebody in my life at that point. I had my kid when I was 21, bro. Mm -hmm. My first real girlfriend, my first real relationship. Mm -hmm. Couple of months later, baby, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. No clue what to do, no clue how to navigate that entire thing. I'm raw dogging it. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Yeah, the whole thing. I'm going through it by myself. Who are my friends? My friends are other 21 year olds. They, what, the, what the hell do they know about that mm. stuff? Mm. There was no uncle, there was no older cousin, nothing bro. Mm. Like I went through that stuff by myself. Mm. And you know, some of the things I could have done better my son is 13 years old this year, wow. 13. Mm -hmm. Only the last two years have me and his mother been able to sit in the same room for more than an hour without almost killing each other. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And had there been guidance, then a lot of other things would have been handled better, you understand? That's why I'm, I'm, I'm like in this industry there's a lot of young DJs who will come to me and say hey Brayaka this and that someone you can ask any of them I, I will find time and I will sit down mm -hmm. and I will talk to those like this mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. my little cousins they know mm -hmm. that we talk to that guy yeah. because I know how painful it is to go through a lot of defining moments in your life by yourself Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So had you been a father figure, or had you had you grown up with your father in front of you? Like, would you be a different person? Absolutely, dude. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Some of the mistakes wouldn't have been made. Mm -hmm. Some of them would have been made, but at least I would have the support of my my parents. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and and some of it wouldn't have happened at all. Like I knew, I didn't know, I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So at least if there was a time I'd be like, yo, dad, can I, this girl says one, two, three. Mm. Or dad, can I, this is what's going on, one, two, three. Mm -hmm. And he'd then say, hey, no, 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 no. Mm. Don't do that. Or this is not how it works. Mm -hmm. This is how it works. This is how you go about it. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. like, a lot of, like a lot of things, man. Like I was thinking about it just the other day, bro. Yeah. A lot of things would have gone differently because, you know, they would have been guidance. They would have been like somebody going, hey, don't go there. Mm -hmm. 
the stuff there. Don't don't do that. Mm -hmm. Come the side. Mm -hmm. Type thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like peer pressure, like even starting to drink and starting to smoke and whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's that. Cause cause you do that stuff cause you wanna belong, you know? Yeah. You 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 you. There's a group of guys and you feel left out, and one of them lights a cigarette and takes a swig of vin coco. Mm. And you're like, ish. If I don't do this, they're gonna kick me out. They're gonna think I'm not as cool as them. Yeah. But you know, if if there's somebody that's told you, hey man, don't do that stuff. You're cool either way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're like, okay, yeah, sharp. Yeah. But you know, most of us start early because you wanna belong to something. I was having a conversation with um, with one of the kids that I'm mentoring. Grew up without a father, and his mom is not in the picture. So he was asking me all these questions. What do like? So if I don't take a few and a few pulls of quays, does it mean that I'm done? I'm like, bro, you're actually way better than them. Mm. And the more you grow, the more you become handsome and wise. Mm. Yeah, because those people are only in your life for that period. Yeah. Like it's a let's say it's uh, during what junior school four months yeah, three yeah you only know those guys for three years after that after that you go to separate ways yeah since Joe or yeah. you go to what you senior school they go to you know Garisso there they yeah. go to Matas Pay all over the place you totally separated after yeah. that you go to the investor portal meet other people yeah when you graduate now you attend in the concentral of Frost with totally different people yeah 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 yeah. 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 So I guess like hanging uh, your yeah, yeah, peer pressure like it affects a lot of people while coming up. Because mm. also now I come from a family where my, my dad is present. Mm -hmm. So he has mentored us like from the, an, an early stage mm -hmm. up to up to today actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I know I know the difference is because you know my dad grew up without a father mm -hmm. and he shares his struggles every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 you know what like it. A lot of people think it it's not that deep. Mm -hmm. Bro, that it, it is that deep, eh? Mm -hmm. It is that deep. Uh, I've got a friend of mine that says, "Yeah, I grew up with that, and I'm fine." Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. You, you're fine. Mm -hmm. But like the bulk of us aren't. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of daddy issues, man. And like, I see it even when I, I try to spend time with my kid. Yeah. Right. Um, like I said, he's 13 now, so he's asking all sorts of questions. You mm -hmm. know. Um. There's uh, all sorts of things that are happening in his life. I, you know, he's meeting, he's meeting girls. Puberty. Yeah. Um, he's got this thing. My son's really, really competitive. Like he's a really competitive guy. Like, you know, in December we fought tooth and nail because he wanted a, a pair of, of, of Air Forces or yeah. Jordans or whatever. Yeah. And you know why he wants them? Mm -hmm. It's not that he particularly likes them. Mm -hmm. He's just the only one in his class that doesn't have a pair. Oh, get it. You get it. Mm -hmm. And, and he's, you know, like he was so adamant, like he almost cried. Mm -hmm. Like I'm the only one, I'm, I'm gonna be the only one. Cause he, that's what he said about a phone, I got him a phone, sharp. Now it's the shoes, mm -hmm. right? And I'm, you know, I, I was parenting from a place of guilt because I, the, the first couple of years of that man's life, I was not, the, I was not there. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, there was a lot of emotional immaturity yeah. in me, within me. Number, number two, I wasn't really making money then. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like I said, I, I've been able to buy him phones, I've been able to do this, I've been able to do that. I've, been, I've basically been able to father better, to, to, to be a better father, because I'm earning a little bit more, right? Mm -hmm. But, so when he asks for stuff, I find it really hard to refuse, because I feel like there's a lot of lost time to make up for. Yeah. So. Yeah, his mother calls it parenting from a place of guilt. Because then she says no. And then when he comes to me, I say yes. And why do I say yes? Most times it's because I'm, I'm guilty, because I feel like I let him down mm -hmm. by not being there to guide him as he came up. Right now is the time he needs me the most, right? Mm -hmm. Because now this is the worst time for peer pressure. This is the worst time for him starting to drink and starting these really bad habits mm -hmm. and if I'm not present enough as his father with a firm hand to say hey then it's gonna be an issue and mm -hmm. we're gonna repeat a cycle where yes at least I'm around at least he knows where his, his father is where his father lives at least he can call his father mm -hmm. but is his father present mm -hmm. 
or is he just there because he's there? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult for me because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Even now there's no guidance for okay, when your son gets to this age, now you one, two, three. Right? Yeah. So we're figuring it out as we go. Mm -hmm. And that's not the easiest thing to do, bro. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So if you tried like uh, finding your father, like now as a grown man, like looking for him. Oh no no, I know exactly where my father is. Mm -hmm. He passed away when I was in Form One, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I have a relationship with my half siblings. Okay. I have two of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, it, it isn't a an easy thing to try and form relationships at the ages that we're at. Yeah, yeah. But we try. Mm -hmm. We try to have lunch once in a while. Mm -hmm. uh, we call each other on our birthdays, oh, etc. Okay. etc. Yeah, mm -hmm. we 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 we've, we've been trying to have a relationship, but you 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 kind of, or at least I kind of. Um, okay, I don't want to use the word resent because I don't resent them. It's not our fault that mm -hmm. he was in their lives and not in mine. Mm -hmm. But you know, I I I I, I find myself wondering. Because mm -hmm. why? Why? you know me issue like that. my dad's whole side of the family is still around. Mm -hmm. Still got siblings, I've still got aunts and uncles and all those things. And there's been no effort to have a, a relationship with me. So you, you you know, things like that you ask yourself, what's wrong with me? Why don't they want anything to do with me? Mm -hmm. Um Is there something wrong with me? Like did I do what, what? What happened? Like why? Why won't they embrace me? Mm -hmm. Right? And you find yourself like I. I found myself um, being happy about my success, not because it was good for me, mm -hmm. but as a fuck you to them. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And as a result, I wasn't really enjoying my success. Yeah. But now I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my kid. I'm doing it for. To leave some sort of legacy behind, right? Yeah. And now I'm enjoying it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, I if you if you watch clips of me playing, mm -hmm. you'll never see me smiling. Yeah. I'm always like really just straight faced. I've never seen you smiling. It's only today on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> so um, so growing up without a father now, like uh -huh. which which lessons are you teaching your son? Uh. The most important thing is communication, mm -hmm. uh, because like I said, there's, there there was no guidance. Yeah. Uh, you didn't know who to ask. You didn't know which questions to ask, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm trying to really um, cultivate in my son is that when issues arise, mm -hmm. whatever, uh, if he's getting bullied at school, if he's having trouble learning something, if somebody says something to him that he doesn't like, mm -hmm. if you know he's having trouble. He's studying a certain subject uh, or his mom said something to him that he didn't like or any adult mm -hmm. uh, did or said something to him that he didn't like I'm trying to uh, open a channel of communication between us um, where he feels like he can come to me and I won't be like why did you do that mm -hmm. type of thing you know yeah. um, we'll sit down and we listen and we listen to each other and talk uh, when, whenever my son is around we uh, the thing that we like to do is take walks. We take a lot of walks, me and my kid. Mm. He's always on his phone or playing a game or this or that. So I try to just take an hour out of the day and say, hey, let's take a walk. Yeah. So how's school? What's going on with this? What's going on with that? Is there anything interesting happening in your life right now? What's going on? And and we talk. And you know, sometimes I I I, I can recognize some of my childhood traumas. Mm -hmm. uh, impacting those discussions, mm -hmm. and I try to stop myself. No, don't yell, don't yell, don't yell. Um, listen to him. Maybe you can go punch a wall after he tells you. If something that he says upsets you, don't show him that you're upset, so that you are, so that he's he gets more and more comfortable telling you things, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've got a a, a, a a little sister. Yeah. Um, Tammy's little sister, Zaza. Uh, Zaza and I, she's 25 this year. And we have the most candid conversations. Mm 
um, we talk about everything. We talk about you know her boyfriends, her school. Boyfriends. We talk, yeah, like, like she started. Well, she started dating now, yeah, yeah. and you know we 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 have those conversations where she feels, what does it mean when a guy does this and that and that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talk about her career path. She's in the Netherlands right now, mm -hmm. uh, studying. So you know, we we talk about that stuff as well. We talk about just like you know, being a woman in today's world and, and what that and what that means and. Uh, what certain actions communicate to the people around her and you know how to it's, it's conversations that we have and it's because when she was younger I opened that that door for her to be able to to speak to me about certain things my actual baby sister my, my mother's only other child um, I'm struggling to connect with her and I think it's because uh, because she also grew up without her dad um, I took on that role, but I didn't. I took on that role in a traditional manner. I wasn't like the modern big brother yeah. who you can talk to about anything. So now, I think she can't stop seeing me that way, like yeah. as a as a deputy parent. Mm -hmm. So while while struggling with connecting on a on a sibling level, mm -hmm. because she views me like timer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And just that that discrepancy between my two sisters. It has shown me the 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 importance of Honobula that channel of of communication. You understand? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, I get you, bro. Mm -hmm. I get you. So in, in life, you know, like it's like that. Life is not straight, is it? No, 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 no. Yeah. No. It's, a, it's very. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think we disappoint ourselves by by expecting life or anything really to be linear. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's never just gonna be from A to B. It's never gonna be a straight line. It's, yeah, yeah. You spoke of childhood traumas. Yeah, and you spoke about getting bullied. Yeah. Um, like what? How are you getting bullied? There's a uh, one particular incident I remember. Mm. Um, I went to Lagaya Academy for for high school. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I I I get so hagala with the R and B. Yeah. And with the singing and whatever. Mm. And at the time it was viewed to be gay. Yeah. To like the kind of music that I enjoyed, you know? Mm -hmm. Um so one time I was I went to the tuck shop. I hadn't eaten breakfast, so I went to the tuck shop and I got two pies, right? Yeah. And one of the popular kids at school wanted my other pie and I refused, right? And then he started hitting me, like just slapping me on my back. And I think like 20, 30 people joined in and yeah. I started getting moved for no reason. Yeah. And I remember, I remember not even crying. Yeah. I remember just like waiting for it to, to, to end. Just like slaps from everywhere, bro. I just remember waiting for it to end and then break time was over. Then I just went to my locker, took my bag, didn't say anything to anybody, just, I just went home. Mm -hmm. Right, and that was the worst of it, right? But yeah. I'd always get like remarks like, yeah, I had game when I listen to Big Street Boys, now I'm listening to Tupac and Biggie, uh, and that's music I used to listen to as well. It's just I'm, I'm an R&B dude, so. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, me being different in that regard got me bullied quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And not even just at school, like even in my neighborhood, mm -hmm. you know, back at home. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, I've always been a, a soft kid. I, I grew up quite privileged. Um, mm -hmm. you know, my granddad was in politics back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandma was a teacher. Uh, she worked in the banks. She was a teacher. She was the so I I grew up pretty okay. I don't want to lie to you. Um, and a lot of people resented me for that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'd, we'd, people would be discussing things, and most of the people that I grew up around went to, to public schools. Yeah. So I would try and, you know, contribute to the conversation and I'd be told, no, you must shut up because you, you don't know our struggles. You don't know, you know, mm -hmm. you, you probably eat cornflakes for breakfast and then you eat rice for dinner and then you, yeah, you understand. I, I at some point I, I, I resented being privileged because um, it was always such a thing with people, you know, um, yeah, no, you can't say anything. You live in a big ass house. You must shut up. Right? You don't understand. So I, 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 I grew up, I didn't grow up with a lot of friends because of that, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I was, I was, I was lucky enough to be born in, into a, uh, a middle class family that could afford to, you know, once in a while buy me a PlayStation 
or give me the latest BMX or whatever, right? So how did that catch up with you, like the bullying? Like now as an adult, like you're still suffering from that trauma. Uh, just into, you know, I think going to school outside of Botswana for university, mm -hmm. it really, like the version of myself that I became, like first bad was born in Joburg. Mm -hmm. um, because when I got there, I decided that I was just going to reinvent myself. Yeah. I wasn't going to let um, who I was in high school define who I then became, you know, into adulthood. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, 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 when I got there, we, I became, I was in charge of the music system at Monash. Um, and it allowed me to practice my DJing yeah. at odd hours of the, if I couldn't sleep. The, the sound was kept in a basement um, back at Monash and I had the keys and I would just go and uh, practice and practice and practice and you know even my um, my confidence uh, was boosted by the fact that you know I could see okay this is something that I like doing I'm good at it um, even the school recognizes that I'm good at it mm -hmm. I got a bunch of certificates and you know um, for my you know contribution to the growth of the entertainment industry at the school yeah um, so you know then I became this version of myself but you know, a lot of it was a defense mechanism. A lot of it was, like, I'm only realizing now later in my life that a lot of the things I thought I liked when I was 21, I don't, I don't really like, like crowds mm -hmm. and always being around people and this and that and that. You know, later in my life now, I'm realizing that um, I'm not really a people's person as as much as I thought I was. I think it was just a, you know, a defense mechanism that, that to keep people at a certain Distance, mm -hmm. because you know what people will do is hurt you, man. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, you know, we, we learn um, as we grow, and some of these things, you you know, I realized I needed to seek professional help to deal with. Mm -hmm. You know, so I started my therapy sessions. Um, I started writing music. I started writing music um, to sort of just like as a, you know, as a a medium to get my thoughts out, you yeah. know. Um, if you listen to a lot of my songs, um, that they're very relatable. I talk about, you know, becoming a father. I talk about getting my heart broken. Um, you know, just like life shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. So the reason I was asking, like a lot of people are like grown up, grown, grown adults, like they're suffering from the trauma of getting bullied when they were kids. Mm. And the kid, they, they, they now take it on their peers, like especially in the workspace and stuff like that. Yeah. Um